Hey there, gorgeous. Welcome to the VLX podcast. My name is Jackie Dixon, and my mission is to help women become healthy, holy, and hot, on fire for God in every area of their lives. Sound good? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. My name is Jackie Dixon. If you don't already know me or follow me, I run a business called VLX, where I coach Christian women to become what I call the biblical bombshell, which is a woman who's healthy and holy and hot because she's on fire for God in every area of her life. So I want to talk today about the third part of this series we're in called the model mentality. But first, I wanted to do a little celebration because this is the first video I have filmed in my new office, which looks a lot like my old office, (laughs) but it's in our new apartment and there's two windows. So I'm going to give you a little quick tour. So I go. So I've got a couple prints hung. That's a Father's Day present. You guys saw that on Instagram, maybe. So I'm excited to give that to my husband in a couple days. Got a couple bookshelves kind of arranged and set up. A little bit of mess on my desk there, but gorgeous light from that window. Vision board. This vision board was previously, obviously, in the other direction in my older office. And so I need to reorient everything. But you can see it. This is actually just a regular kind of nasty looking bulletin board. And I covered it with this super cool faux white croc uh, fabric that I bought off of Amazon. So I need to flip that. Got my little tea set up here. And then my little video setup, which just a couple days ago was a um, guest bed, actually. We had some friends stay with us. And then my gallery walls back up and cracking, our little Paris screen. So I'm super pumped to be in this new space and can't wait to have clients over here finally. This on my tripod. There we go. Okay. Now I've got some notes because this is seven tips and I know I wouldn't be able to remember all of them. So got my hand in the iPod, iPad, could have an iPod, but it's a smaller screen. So I'm using this and we're going to go through seven model wellness hacks, which I'm super excited about. So if you've been following this series, you know that this whole concept of the model mentality comes not just from my own modeling career, which has kind of been part-time over the last 12 years or so on and off, in different cities, first during college and high school, and then when I married my husband in the different cities we moved to, as I could find agencies and, you know, work is different in every city here in New Orleans. There's definitely not very much. Um, but when we were in Tampa, I could get over to Miami a little. So it's been kind of hit or miss over the years, but certainly enough to have given me a behind the scenes look at how many models live, how they view their bodies, and how they care for their bodies. And of course, it made me have to figure out how to care for my body because I had to keep getting jobs if I wanted to keep getting paid. So I have a lot to say about this. And also, if you know my story personally, that I had that kind of weight gain era where I had gained quite a bit of fat. And it's not just weight. I wasn't bulking up in muscle. I gained pastry fat, is what I like to call it, from my trip to France and the years before and after. And I was so so desperate to lose it. I was not at all in a healthy mental or emotional space, but I was just passionately focused. I've got to get this off. And so one of the things I did is I researched what models did to stay thin, to be fit. And you have probably heard all the stereotypes. There's everything out there from, well, they just eat, you know, celery and chicken breasts, or they live on drugs and cigarettes, or 
caffeine, coffee, and sugar, or they're all vegan, or they're all, you know, eating paleo or whatever. You've probably heard it all. I certainly had. And the just wide range of things that are out there that people claim that models do to stay thin and healthy is just you know, confusing and exhausting. So I'm going to break it down for you today, the things that are actually useful. And the other aspect, of course, of this model mentality is that as Christians, and of course, anyone honestly is doing this, whether they're aware of it or not, we are all modeling the results of what we claim we believe. So as a Christian, I see my body as something that God owns. Is Christ sacrificed himself for me. He bought my body. That's what the word tells us. So this is now a tool that I'm using to serve God in a variety of different ways based on the appropriateness for the situation. So the way I use my body in my relationship with my husband is very, very different from the way I might use my body when I'm speaking on stage or getting myself over to pregnancy and motherhood or just busting my derriere in my business and making things happen. Whatever that looks like, you know, it varies based on situation, but I'm always modeling the mindset that I think God wants us to have about our bodies. I'm modeling the body love and the body care that comes from having received that love from God and knowing that our bodies are good and worth caring for so we can serve him. So we're always modeling this mentality and hence our series title, The Model Mentality. But let's get into today's content with these seven model wellness hacks. So what we've already talked about in part one and two is really more of that mindset of the destructive power of hopelessness. That was part one, where we covered why not having a vision for why it's worth caring for your body, not having a concept of what your life could become can lead us to make negative and detrimental lifestyle decisions that don't allow us to flourish but we do it because we don't feel like there's really any point. It doesn't seem like anything's going to get better. It doesn't seem like, you know, there's really any hope for us becoming something more or having something to look forward to. And so life can just become this kind of daily drudgery of getting through. And so we look for these little temporary highs to get us excited, to get us through the next couple hours. And that might be a Frappuccino or a candy bar or you know, one more series on Netflix, even though we really need to be in bed or whatever it might be. And these aren't helpful decisions for the long run, but we do it because we just kind of have this daily hopelessness, this daily just lack of zest. We don't have a vision for our future. So that was part one. In part two, I talked about how to step into this idea of being a model, whether or not you, you know, have any desire to professionally model. And let me tell you, Every shape, every size, and every age is needed and wanted in the modeling industry. That's kind of a, a little secret about it, but you'd be shocked by how much the modeling industry wants and needs people who look like everything under the sun because there's all those commercials. There's all these kind of real life people needs that they have. So whether or not you have any interest in ever getting into anything like that, or you just want to step into this idea that we are modeling out what the Christian faith teaches about our bodies by the way we care for them, the way we speak about them. So how to step into that identity of being a model rather than just kind of a slob or a failure or, you know, there's no point to really claim that identity for ourselves and choose to make wise decisions out of that. So once we've come into that great mindset, that great mentality, how do we actually do this? What do we actually do? Well, all of my research and all of my experimentation on myself with every diet under the sun, I have got some really good helpful pointers and tips for you guys today. So without further ado, these are my seven model wellness hacks. The first one is sleep. And I am just telling you right now, it is so underrated. <laughs> sleep is where it's at. And 
what I did when I was kind of researching how models stay thin is I would not just look up, you know, Google how to model stay thin or whatever. I would look at the behind the stage photos from the fashion weeks. What were they eating? What were they doing? How are they spending their time? I was really doing a pretty in-depth study. I could have written a paper on it or a thesis even. And I noticed that a lot of these girls were taking naps. They were curled up on their backpacks. They were sleeping on the metro. They were you know, talking about on their personal blogs how they'd slept in until 3 p.m. And it wasn't because they were out partying necessarily. It was because the modeling lifestyle is extremely, you know, it's like acting or any other industry like that, where you have these wild and totally non-regular hours. So you may have a 5 a.m. call time and you've got to be there ready to go for hair and makeup and everything else. And it sounds glamorous, except you're dragging your behind there because you're so exhausted. So these girls have learned to sleep anywhere and everywhere. And they do it because you have to sleep to survive, obviously not just as a human being, but in order to maintain a healthy body that doesn't cling to weight desperately, that has decent skin, bright eyes, you've got to get your sleep. So these chicks are no apologies. They sleep, they sleep and they sleep in, they sleep, you know, while they're doing their transportation back and forth between jobs, they sleep during the day. If they need to take a nap, they go to bed early. If they have to wake up early, they do what it takes to get that sleep. And it's critical from a more scientific medical perspective, because if you don't sleep, your body's cortisol levels are going to be sky high. And I can tell you this from having a newborn, now a five month old, I guess, no longer a newborn. But if you don't sleep, all hell breaks loose essentially. And those cortisol levels will be higher. And cortisol is a stress hormone that tells your body, among other things, to hold on to that weight that you might, you might be storing or, or whatever you just ate, because it seems to be a time of tension. There's some kind of emergency going on and you've got to have a store built up because your body isn't sure what's happening. Are we heading into a war or a famine? You've got to have reserves. And so it clings to those reserves. So one of the best ways to lose weight is not to excessively exercise or try to retain, you know, a very strict schedule. It's to let your body sleep as much as it needs to and wants to. And if you've really been behind on sleep for years, that might be a lot. That might be nine and 10 hours a night for a while until you can really build up those reserves again. So First model wellness hack is sleep and do whatever it takes to get that sleep because you'll be amazed by how much more easily you can avoid cravings, you can avoid bad moods, you can get great skin and have more energy if you just let your body get as much rest as it needs. So that's model hack one. Model hack two is similarly apparently obvious and yet again, something most of us don't do. And that is eat when you're hungry don't when you're not. I remember reading one particular blog that was interviewing a model and it was asking about her health and fitness kind of structures and routines. And I said, well, you know, do you have like a meal plan or, or how do you arrange your meals? And she just said, not really. I mean, I eat when I'm hungry and I don't when I'm not. And at the time in my state of desperation, I just wanted to reach through the computer and like shake her and be like, nah, you know, I need more information. That can't just be it. But when I thought about it and I let it kind of percolate over the next couple of weeks, I realized, you know, there might really be something there because how many of us eat when we don't really need to eat? We eat because it's a mealtime. We eat because it's a party and somebody brought in a birthday cake and everybody's eating and, you know, everybody's taking a break and you may as well. We eat because we're bored. We eat because we really want to procrastinate the work that we're doing. We eat because... 
you know, we're stressed we, because we're lonely, we, because we want comfort. We have all these different reasons why we turn to food when our body isn't actually hungry and isn't actually asking for fuel. So a huge step forward is to really check in with your appetite. And I talked about this in my, on my blog a few weeks ago in a video there. You guys can go see it if you want more information on this particular point. It's called the first and second appetites. And it's really how to tune into your body and find out, do you really need fuel right now? Or are you looking for something else? And how do you stop when your body's no longer actually actively hungry? Now this, I mean, I could go on and on and on about it because there's so much pressure to eat when we're not hungry. If you've been over for a family dinner or something and you know, maybe you're just not hungry when they're actually serving the meal. What do you do? You know, what about when they push seconds on everyone because maybe the person who's serving it receives love that way. They want to see you kind of gorge on their food because then they know you're happy and you're just, you're full. How do you say no? How do you honor your body's needs and yet be in society and culture? It's a much bigger topic and we go into it a lot in the Body Stewardship course, but just how can you tune into your body's true appetite? That is a huge tip to really give yourself permission to eat when you're hungry and politely not when you're not. Okay, so that's model hack two. Here's model hack three, which is something I haven't heard before, but I finally kind of discovered it myself because what I realized as I was looking at all these backstage pictures of these girls is that they always had a drink in their hand. And it wasn't always obvious what it was. I'm not talking about a cocktail. I'm talking about, you know, a to-go cup of something or a water bottle, half of the time is a water. And I was thinking, you know, is that, is that a meal? Because there are all those diets that suggest drinking smoothies or shakes as meal replacements. And I don't really recommend that. I like to stick to real food rather than powders and shakes and stuff. Personally, I just, I find that it messes with your nutrients, with your hormones. And I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there personally, but they always had something in hand. It was a Starbucks cup. It looked like it was an iced coffee maybe or something. And I had heard in popular, more kind of mainstream diet advice to not drink your calories. Maybe you've heard that. Just the wisdom that if you drink a Frappuccino, you don't feel like you ate anything maybe because you weren't chewing, but you maybe just put away a thousand calories and lots of unhealthy fats and sugar. So that didn't seem wise, but were these girls doing that? Were they eating their calories or drinking their calories? So I wasn't sure what to make of it, but what I discovered through my own experimentation was that it makes a lot of sense to drink your energy is now what I say, drink your energy, not your calories. So what I mean by that is when, like I was saying earlier, we turn to food for a reason other than a true bodily need for fuel. We turn to food for a little energy pick me up. We turn for food for out of boredom or for comfort or you know, for any particular reason, but it's not really our body's actual need, a much better thing to do is to drink then and drink something ideally without or very, very low in calories. So some of my favorite drinks I've got on a little table in front of me here, water, obviously the go-to. In fact, I think I need some. I carry water with me wherever I go. I have this little bottle called a Bobble, B-O-B-B-L-E. I think I bought it on Amazon. They're also at those kind of TJ Maxx stores sometimes. And it's a portable water filter. So the screw on cap that you drink out of has a little filter in the bottom of it. And that allows me to fill up at any water fountain and then still feel like I'm getting purified, safe water on the go. I have that with me almost all the time. You probably see it in a lot of my pictures and a lot of my videos, my little bobble, my little pink bobble there. So I would always carry water with me. And as I started to do that, I realized that I could get a lot of my energy back just from staying well hydrated. I didn't actually need to snack on food. 
Another thing I love to do as a snack when my body just needs energy or I just need something to do because I'm bored or I'm not really hungry is I'll grab a green juice and I make these sometimes at home. I have a juicer or I'll go into a Whole Foods, sometimes even a Starbucks will have one, although they often have the ones with fruit and I really like the ones just with veggies so that it doesn't spike my insulin. But I'll just grab a green juice and I find that that's so incredibly helpful for just keeping my energy up, keeping my mouth busy kind of, but it doesn't I mean, maybe there's 25 calories in here, but I mean, it's like celery and lettuce calories. So I can assure you, you do not need to count those. Uh, a fantastic way to get nutrition too, which a lack of nutrition often leads us to eat when we don't need to. So keeping your hydration levels high, your nutrition levels high, and just giving yourself something to do, something to sip on can be a great way to avoid unnecessary snacking. Another drink that I absolutely love for energy is, of course, my beloved tea. And I'm not anti-caffeine. I tend to keep it low if I can, just so that I sleep really well at night. But this is a nice mint tea because here it's after 4 p.m. and I definitely want to make sure I'm not having caffeine. Um, but I'll also have black tea in the morning, green tea. I'm not really into all the red and white and other teas, but I'm sure they're great if that's your thing. Um, I will sometimes do coffees. I do cappuccinos, so there's a little bit of calories in there, but that's a little heartier, and so it is a little more like a snack if I'm headed a little bit into hunger, but I'm not really needing food. So drink your energy. Just don't drink your calories, and you'll find that you can often avoid snacks that you don't need just by giving yourself something to do, something that's comforting like tea, something that's refreshing like water or green juice, or actually I forgot to bring it in, but I have a soda that I love. It's called Zevia. I think it's Z-E-V-I-A, and it's a stevia-based soda that often kind of gives me that carbonation fix, that little sweet carbonation fix if I want it in the afternoon, again, without calories. So model hack number three. Model hack number four is to have this mindset of eating nothing, and I don't mean that literally, but eating in large quantities, very few things, and tasting everything. So if there is a situation where somebody's got a cake or a sweet or something, and or you know it's a Sunday afternoon after church and you're getting a cappuccino or a latte and you just kind of want a little treat, to eat as little of it as you can, because what you're most likely wanting, unless you're really hungry, in which case, you know, have a true meal, but just to get that taste, to have that satisfaction. And a lot of people say that there's a massive leap downward. There's this like cliff that you fall off after that first bite as far as how much you actually enjoy what you're eating. So when you really want a piece of chocolate, or you really want some kind of sweet treat, a little pastry or something, that first bite can be all you really need to kind of scratch that itch. And then after that, you know, it's really just you're not even getting the pleasure that you were that first bite. So to taste it, but maybe you don't need to finish eating it, or maybe you buy one of those little mini things that they sell, or I carry my own sweets mostly because there's just so much crap out there, it's really hard to find something pure. So I carry it with me, but after the first couple bites, I pause and see, do I really still want this? Do I have a true appetite right now? Or was that taste all I needed to satisfy myself? So taste everything, eat nothing, unless of course we're talking about a true meal. You would actually be surprised by how much your body does not need to optimally thrive. If you're getting great nutrition and your baseline, obviously, your need for calories, but most of us, as we should be able to see from our, unfortunately, very overweight and obese country and more and more the whole Western world, we don't need as much as we're eating. We just flat out don't. So you might be very surprised by what your body actually tells you when you tune into your appetite and that you just don't need as much food as you're used to eating. So 
be aware, don't, you know, throw any preconceptions or judgments on your body. Well, I need to, you know, at least get every food group and every meal. Not necessarily, you know, if you've got a little protein, a little fat, maybe it's a little starch this meal, maybe it's vegetables the next meal, just kind of go slowly and really don't be surprised if you don't need as much as you thought you did. Okay. Model mindset and health hack. Number five is to veer toward the healthy. And I know you probably saw this coming. You kind of probably thought, well, eventually she's going to tell me I just have to eat more vegetables, right? Yes, that's true. But I don't want you to come at that with a mindset of deprivation. I want you to come at that with a mindset of chicness. Now, one of the things I love to do, and I'll talk about it a little more next week, is to follow people who are living a very healthy lifestyle on my social media, so on Instagram or on Pinterest. And these models are often posting, you know, they're at some restaurant in Manhattan or something, and they've got a veggie platter in front of them, and that's the bulk of their dinner. And they don't talk about it like, you know, got to drop weight before the next round of shows. They talk about it like it's the most luxurious you know, extravagant, incredible thing that people who have all of the options in front of them choose and like they just cannot wait to dive into it. Now, maybe they're stretching the truth a little bit there. Maybe they'd rather have a big chocolate sundae, but they approach that kind of healthiness with this attitude of this is what chic and, you know, people who have every option open to them choose intentionally and they really enjoy it. So to come at making healthy choices in restaurants and at home as you know, again, that model mentality we talked about last week, as if you were truly modeling, as if you had a job in a couple days and you wanted to be lean and feel strong and feel vibrant and feel well, and you're going to choose this and feel great about it rather than feel like I'm restricting myself. I so wish I could have something else. So two more, two more hacks here. Number six is to redefine your treats. And again, if you follow kind of models on Instagram or something, you'll see that they often do this. They don't and sometimes they will. Sometimes they will show like a big sundae or a cheeseburger or something. And that's often back to that taste everything, eat nothing. Believe it or not, these girls often eat those things in very, very small quantities. So they say they ate it or they say they eat whatever they want, but they're not gorging themselves on it. They're getting that little taste, that little fix with those first couple bites, and that's all they really need. But a lot of times the real long-lasting supermodels, the Giselles of the industry, if you will, are really coming at treats with a very, very different mindset. And they are seeing treats as a great massage or a day at the spa or a luscious bubble bath or sleeping in or a beautiful cup of tea or, you know, you know, a day out with friends or something. All these non-edible treats as ways of de-stressing and really enjoying their life. So they're not just looking forward to the next sugar hit as their treat. And again, that's something we're gonna talk about a lot next week but they also redefine truly edible treats. So they're looking at chocolates that are raw or that are stevia, and they're looking at desserts that are, and I'm not vegan, I don't think you need to go vegan at all, but often those desserts that are made and are vegan are cleaner in every way. They're pure in their ingredients. So vegan little pastries or you know dairy-free, gluten-free, brownie bites, etc. And they're really excited about these things and they might make them themselves or buy them at little chic health cafes, but that's how they're thinking of a treat. And the beauty of that is that, yeah, it's delicious, but it's also so much better for your body. So it's not gonna mess with your hunger hormones, it's not gonna mess with your skin or with your mood or with your immunity like sugar does. It's going to keep that purity and all the beautiful things that come from it. And yet it still feels like just such a decadent and luxurious little, you know, delight, really. I call those pure pleasures. 
So that's model hack number six. And the last one, number seven, is really kind of a segue into our final part of the series that we're going to talk about next week. And that is having things in your life other than food that delight and excite you. I have been in that place where I just could not wait until I was no longer completely stuffed so that I could have my next meal, so that I could have my next dessert, so that I could stuff in one more bowl of cereal or one more, you know, bowl of ice cream or one more whatever it was. And I was just, I was almost upset when I would be full because I wanted to, that sensation of continually eating junk. And what I needed was not only to shift my hunger hormones, which is a huge part of this, and to shift my mindset and all that stuff, but I needed something in my life, preferably multiple things, that excited me other than the next meal, other than the next chance to get something in my mouth. And what I found as I kind of just became so much healthier in so many ways, and again, this is just such a massive topic. It's not as simple as counting your calories and trying to figure out how to get yourself to eat more vegetables. This is such a big, beautiful picture when you do it in a way that will last for a lifetime. What I needed was more things to look forward to in my life. What I needed was more things to want to spend my free time doing. So I got more into fashion and style again. I got more into reading and traveling to other countries or cultures or studying languages. I got more into, you know, a little beauty self-care routines and just lovely ways of treating myself that I could look forward to other than things that were calorie laden and unhealthy. So we're going to talk about that more next week, but I just want you to have that in the back of your mind. That kind of wraps back in with that concept we talked about two weeks ago of having a vision. What is there to look forward to? When you've got delights in your life that are not edible, you can kind of have this bigger picture of things to live for, things to get excited about, things to look forward to that aren't just the next time your stomach is empty and you can get something in your mouth. And believe me, I have been there. I know how that is. I know how it is when everybody's going to sleep and I snuck into the kitchen and just ate more because finally I could, you know, do it without judgment. Nobody was looking. I have been there, girlfriend. So I know how it is, but there's so much hope for you. There's so much more and there's so much you can fill your life with. that's just gorgeous and godly and productive and just so much fun when you realize it's not all about trying to get that next fix. And there's so much mindset that goes into that. There's so much true nutrition and kind of hormone regulation that goes into that. So I am so pumped. We're going to keep talking about this over the next couple of weeks. I know this is a big topic for a lot of you guys, but I'm so proud of you for hanging in there for just even starting to kind of become aware of your current lifestyle and how you might be able to, able to adjust it. This is not an overnight change. It definitely wasn't overnight for me. It took me years, but I was also figuring it out on my own and doing all my own research. So I hope that I can speed up the process for you a little bit, give you encouragement and information and inspiration. So if you love what you're hearing, please feel free to share this. Come follow me on pretty much every different social media platform. I'm there. I just got on Snapchat and I'm totally loving that. So lots of behind the scenes little things there. Come follow me there. But please share this with your friends and just be inspired, be encouraged. And even if you can't yet bring yourself to make a shift to make a change, just give yourself a grace and a peace to know that you are starting to slowly look into this. And just that peacefulness, honestly, is going to lower your cortisol levels. <laughs> but it's going to get you down this road, which will start to pick up speed. So don't beat yourself up. Don't become overwhelmed or discouraged. You are headed in the right direction and you can do this. I'm so proud of you. 
There's a lot ahead of you and it's only going to get better from here. So thank you so much for joining me here. I love talking to you girls. I can't wait to see some of you soon. I'm coming to Dallas to talk in two days. I'll be there on Tuesday night to speak. So if you're in the Dallas area, please come. I would so love to hug you and talk about this in person. And then I'm coming to Houston right after that. So I might try to hold a meetup for my Houston gals. So stay tuned and just follow me on the various social networks. I'll make sure I post anything I'm up to there. But have a fabulous rest of your Sunday. I guess the weekend's already almost over. So have a fabulous week for those of you watching this when the blog comes out on Wednesday. And I will see you next time. Bye, gorgeous. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the VLX podcast. I'd love to keep you motivated to go after God's plan in every area of your life. So if you love what I'm talking about, subscribe to this channel and come find me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at Jackie Dixon VLX. I'd love to virtually meet and interact with you. And if you're interested in the concept of the biblical bombshell, please join me for a soiree where I'll teach you the 12 pillars of a woman who is healthy, holy, and hot. RSVP at JackieDixon.org forward